you may have caught wind of this this week, a remarkable discovery far beneath the ice-covered waters of Antarctica. Scientists found and filmed one of the greatest ever undiscovered shipwrecks 107 years after it sank. And to add even more wonder the whole, to the whole story, the ship is almost perfectly intact and it's upright. Endurance Shackleton ship was spotted in the Weddell Sea at a depth of 3,000 meters. For over two weeks, submarines had combed the area uh, looking for targets. They finally found the wreck on Saturday. It happened to be the 100th anniversary of Shackleton's funeral. And since then, they've done some photography, looked at it. Here's historian Dan Snow, who's part of the Endurance 22 expedition. I'm on Endurance 22, the expedition to find Shackleton's lost shipwreck endurance, said to be the most inaccessible shipwreck in the world. It's sunk 3,000 metres below the surface of the Weddell Sea, an ice-bound sea, freezing cold temperatures, very, very difficult to operate. And yet, I'm glad to say that Endurance 22, on board the Agulhas 2, you can see our ice-breaking ship there, uh, yesterday acquired a target on the seabed uh, on Saturday the 5th of March. It was a hundred years to the day since Shackleton was laid to rest in his grave in South Georgia, a strange coincidence. We've spent the last 24 hours looking at that target, we've done a laser scan, we've used 4K photographic imaging, uh, looking at it with cameras, and it is the wreck of endurance. It's sitting proud on the seabed, on its keel, uh, in one piece. It's a coherent wreck, it's much as it looked in those last photographs taken by Hurley, the expedition photographer, in November 1915. I keep thinking today about those men who were watching Endurance sink, and, and by the way, it sank about, well, it lies about 300 metres in that direction, just beneath that ice flow there, 3,000 metres at the bottom. So I'm only 300 metres from the spot on which uh, Endurance uh, lies. Uh, and I keep thinking about uh, the men who were there that day. They watched it sink and they thought it was the end of the story of endurance. They watched the ice close over her and it appeared so final. But today we've proved that actually that wasn't the end. It was a hiatus and the story of endurance continues. Historian Dan Snow there, part of that Endurance 22 expedition that found Shackleton's lost ship. You can hear the penguins in the background so you know where he is. Few people know that part of the world as well as my next guest does, let alone other Canadians. Dave German has led dozens of exp expeditions and tours to Antarctica, sailing in Shackleton's wake, walking in his footsteps. He he's even led a few IMAX teams there to do documentaries about Shackleton's odyssey. He's also the owner of Fathom Expeditions, and he joins me now. Welcome to the show, Dave German. A pleasure to be here. Thanks for giving me a shout. Just to put this into perspective, the discovery or the, redis or the rediscovery, I guess we kind of had a somewhat good idea of where it was, but the idea that it's been found, how big a deal is that? Well, I think for folks who are familiar with the story of Sir Ernest Shackleton and the HMS Endurance, his ship, uh, this is a huge find. It's very exciting. Uh, where it was found itself and deep in the Weddell Sea is an inhospitable cold environment where the ice really calls the shots, whether it's pack ice. Uh, or tabular icebergs that are the size of city blocks. A ship has to contend with this just to get into position to look for Cerna Shackleton's ship. And it appears, from all accounts, that they have done so and have found it, which is very exciting for everybody who likes Shackleton and the story of the endurance. Tell me a bit about it. I gather it's upright and nearly intact, preserved in many ways. Uh, is that surprising? It, it is a bit surprising because the ship succumbed to the forces of the ice. It was crushed as the ice 
uh, pushed in against it and they had very thick timbers of green wood uh, that formed the planks of the vessel. Um, but that said, most likely it just filled with water and went straight to the bottom and landed as it is today. So seeing the footage, that was what really struck me, especially the name on the stern of the vessel. Yeah, you could actually, it, it's as if it had been sat there almost preserved in ice for, for the last 107 years. Tell me a bit about, uh, and you know this story so well, tell me a bit about about Sir Ernest Shackleton and, and what his vision was and how he found himself to be, how he found himself escaping a sinking ship in such inhospitable territory more than a century ago. Well, it was the golden age of exploration and Shackleton had this dream uh, going on his third expedition to cross uh, the Antarctic. And he was taking his ship Endurance uh, down deep into the Weddell Sea where he would get to Vassal Bay land at the very bottom of the Weddell Sea. And from there he would cross the Antarctic on foot via the South Pole. Uh, it didn't work out when the ship got stuck in the ice and the ice, drift, the ice took the ship around eventually crushing it as men ended up going onto the ice, salvaging what they could before the vessel went down. They salvaged three lifeboats uh, and they outfitted those lifeboats. They put all that they could carry in them. They lived on the ice until it eventually broke up. And then they got in the boats and they rode uh, to the last piece of land along the Antarctic Peninsula, a place called Elephant Island. I've been there quite often. If you can land, you're lucky. Uh, the, it's just in the middle of the Drake's Passage and it gets pounded by winds and waves and ice as well, and it's very lonely. So they found the last piece of land. Nobody was going to rescue them there. Shackleton realized that. So he outfitted the James Caird as one 22-foot lifeboat, and he looked across the sea to the nearest inhabited piece of land, and that was 700 nautical miles away in an island called South Georgia. Anyway, as he did uh, brave the waters uh, in this small boat that had rocks for ballast and five other men, the fact that they eventually uh, made it alive and intact to the shores of South Georgia was a huge thrill. But unfortunately, he was on the wrong side of the island where uh, nobody lived. So to get to the population, he had to go up and over a, a series of extreme mountains, um, which he and two other men did successfully. And they finally got back to civilization when they heard the call or the whistle of the whaling station to wake the men. And he went down, he shook hands, he... he started to mount a rescue. It took five tries to get back to Elephant Island to rescue his man, but eventually uh, the ship Yelko from Chile uh, managed to get in there and rescue every single man. Uh, so it's an incredible tale. It's very inspiring. It's a story of teamwork, leadership, goal setting, and just bringing everybody up. Rising tide raises all boats. And uh, Shackleton achieved this a long time ago, over 100 years uh, since, more than that, actually. And it still inspires people today. You've been there. I mean, it's one thing to do that even in hospitable territory. Just how inhospitable is this area? Well, the Drake Passage is one of the rougher bodies of water. It lies between South America and Antarctica. And uh, people familiar with it refer to it as the Drake Shake or the Drake Lake. Uh, Drake Lake being calm conditions where it's fairly reasonable. However, when the Drake shakes, it can get up to... Uh, storm force or 80 knots up to 100 knots actually and because there's no land the waves get bigger and bigger as they go further in on, along the sea creating massive swells that in a bad storm can actually be curling with white water so uh, the forces are pretty interesting from that perspective and then you throw in extreme cold snow 
isolation, lack of communication. Uh, there are a lot of challenges. And we always say in Antarctica, you need to dance with Mother Nature. You can never push your way through. Um, so a good dancer usually can have success on an expedition. But if you get too cocky uh, or you bring your ego along, thinking that you can just go and do it, you might find yourself getting into a bit of trouble over time. And you've been doing this. You've been following or, or at least inspired by Shackleton for, for decades now. I've been uh, in the business since 1997. And I remember the first time I read the story of Shackleton and the Endurance. I was in the lower bunk of a four-person quad cabin. Uh, actually, it was the upper bunk because I remember <laughs> the, the chef beneath me was smoking while I was reading the book in, this, in the middle must of the be, Must passage. be a while ago. Yeah, exactly. It was a while ago. And I was in the Drake's Passage, and every single page turning, I felt like I was going into a world of the explorers. And I would wake up the next day, I would find myself in this incredible environment of pristine nature, ice caps and icebergs. And it was just truly inspiring, and it became very real. You can't go to Antarctica without entering a world of the explorers. And it really started to gravitate with me, the whole story. And I started setting bigger goals. I eventually went and followed Shackleton to the island of South Georgia, where he's buried. And when I started that two-person unsupported expedition, I sat by his grave at the very beginning to give him a tribute and thank him, because without the motivation and the inspiration of his story of endurance and how he had his goal and he continued forward, I never would have found myself in that faraway place beginning adventure of a lifetime. For listeners who don't know, he actually did return again. And that's when he, I gather, that's when he, he, he died there. Uh, he was going down on his expedi another expedition afterwards, and he passed away. Right. And they were turning back to go to Uruguay, but his wife sent a telegram of some sort saying, no, he'd rather be buried in South Georgia. And that's where they buried him. That's where he stayed. I'm speaking with Dave German, one of the people who knows Antarctica better than almost anyone, a man who's sailed in Shackleton's wake, walked in his footsteps. We're talking about the discovery this week of Shackleton's ship, uh, Endurance, uh, that is about 3,000 meters down in the Waddle Sea in Antarctica, almost perfectly preserved. We have seen images of it this week. It is spectacular. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more about why the Shackleton story still captures the imagination of so many. Uh, proof positive this week, the, the international coverage and reaction to this discovery. That's coming up. I'm back with Dave German, owner of Fathom Expeditions, um, also a man who spent a lot of time in the very same parts of the world, uh, in Antarctica, where uh, Shackleton's endurance was discovered, uh, or at least images of it are, 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 have been circulated. Uh, showing the ship intact. You can read endurance on the back of it. It's spectacular. I understand, and, and you can explain this, I guess. I understand that it is, in fact, uh, it's, it's a preserved site. You can't touch it. Is that right? Yeah, that was almost, that gave me the biggest sigh of relief. Now that it's been found, it gets categorized as a historical artifact under the Antarctic Treaty, and it's fully protected, which is just great news. To, that means it will probably stay intact in that cold, cold water deep down in the darkness without being disturbed. And I think that's great news. What can we learn from from the from what's 3,000 meters below, below the sea or below the ice right now? What do you think we can learn from the endurance? What, what questions are there still to ask that the, that the ship itself may answer? Well, there are a few questions, I suppose. Things were left on board the vessel. Frank Hurley, who was the photographer from Australia, had plates and plates. 
Uh, the story goes that Shackleton made him destroy the ones that he couldn't take with him so that he wouldn't be tempted to sneak back and get aboard the ship. Uh, but who's to say it might be still on there? Also, lessons, this, this ship is very much a symbol, I think. It, it's a reminder of this great story. It, it can be uh, something that uh, prompts people to learn, to read the story, and to maybe take the lessons and the exciting adventures and to put it onto their own lives in terms of goal setting and trying to do things that they really care about and forming a team around them of great people and then just committing to those, one, those important ideas. We're all going to have icebergs in front of us as we travel through our lives, but the story of Shackleton might help us navigate through some of those icebergs to get to the other side. I suppose we all feel like our ship is being crushed by sea ice at some points in our lives. Um, to, to, you know, as a great metaphor, what do you think it is about the Shackleton story broadly that still inspires such fascination? I think it was just the daunting, daunting challenge that he was faced with and also the ability to adapt and how to cope with challenges. Um, he started out with a huge goal and he knew he was going to have to go in deep into the ice. Um, but he had a great team, Frank Worsley, for example, just an amazing person. And he depended on those people at the right time and the right place to do the right job. And we can all learn from that when we surround ourselves with the people that we need to get the job done in our own lives. So I, I think that's a nice lesson that can be drawn from it all. Um, the teamwork component and just leadership. Instead of trying to bull your way through things, you have to work with the team members and ensure that everybody goes along uh, with the program. To, otherwise, there can be discontent and things can break apart and it can become very troublesome. As also, seen, just to, sorry, sorry, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, and also just that everybody, you have to make sure that the strong members, the weak members, everybody's feeling valued. Uh, and again, that just keeps the team together. Uh, good communication uh, so that people know what their tasks are, also very good. So a lot of applications for a lot of different things, whether it's business or personal lives, I think. And I guess at the time in 1907, Antarctica was still rel relatively unknown territory. I mean, it had been, it wasn't completely unknown, but it was still quite a frontier. It still is. Well, even today, we're learning more and more all the time um, in Antarctica, and it's changing rapidly as well. Um, but back in that era, the people, this, these explorers would be taking off for a year or two years of their lives. Uh, one team went to the other side of the Antarctic to meet Shackleton. Um, they were gone, and they didn't even know what happened to him for some time. So there were definitely challenge operating there. But I think people like Amundsen and Shackleton, once you've been there and you've experienced it, you start to love it. And it gets into your heart and bones. And once you finish one expedition, you just can't stop thinking about the next one. That may be the reason I've been going back and back over the last 25 years. Yeah, Dave, let me ask you about that. Because I remember uh, meeting, I guess it was uh, the Wounded Warriors. I guess, uh, Prince Harry, I think, had sponsored something, a, a, an expedition across Antarctica. And they were preparing for the darkness and you know, the silence and so on. What is it about, about that continent that so few of us have been to? That still that is so remarkable. And what what do you take away from it? How do you describe it to someone who's never been there? That's a great question. And Antarctica tends to mean something different for everybody. And it's a very challenging place to explain to somebody who hasn't been there. But for me as a person, I find it's the sheer scale of Antarctica where things are bigger. Ice is massive and you, it demands a mental shift to fully understand. You have to take yourself from what you know and open your mind to things that are huge. 
That could be a valley filled with king penguins or chinstrap penguins. It could be sailing your ship into the center of a flooded volcano. It could be going to the Weddell Sea and taking your vessel in amongst, as I said, block-sized tabular icebergs. They're actually moving with waves, currents, and winds. So it's like a shifting game, but it's absolutely beautiful. It's challenging. Um, and when it all works out, when Mother Nature opens the door and the sun rises and and the ice takes on the color of the the sun, the low sun, it's just something that is difficult to explain, but it has a serious effect on everybody. And I've taken thousands of people uh, and shown them in different ways, scientists, travelers, explorers, they tend to come back saying that that was the most incredible journey of their lives and it's consistent. So there must be something special for everybody. A very last question to you, just as, as this has been discovered, your lasting thoughts on, on, on just how important this, this, this has been, this week has been in the grand history of, of Shackleton and his, uh, and his ship. I think to me, it's like the final chapter in a really great book. Um, we, we've done so much. We made an IMAX film. We followed uh, Shackleton through his mountains. We built a replica James Caird lifeboat uh, similar to his and sailed it around. These things have been going on. Adventurers have been doing these things for some time now. And the one last piece of the puzzle was to find the endurance, uh, to see where it could be, what it looks like, and we always thought it was one of the most extreme challenges ever. We never thought that it could happen so quickly and, and just with such clarity as to show the actual vessel itself. And now that we've seen that, I think the story is just ripe for the picking for the general person to pick up and begin to understand. So kudos to all the adventurers who are down there. Congratulations wholeheartedly um, from everybody who knows Antarctica. This is a monumental achievement and it's just a great, final chapter to a wonderful story. Dave German, thank you so much for your for your insight and your time tonight. Welcome back from your latest trip. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to share this with people.